0: Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Boy, was it a great week this week. I had an amazing week. I hope that you did too. I had a great time. Um, I don't even know where to begin in telling you. Well, I think I should start off by thanking you because you, the listener, are part of what started off what was a good week for me. Because on Monday... I was in the office with our operations manager. I usually have a monthly meeting with him, good old Steve. I'm sure all of you listening, if you're a regular listener of WTIC, you probably hear about Steve all the time. And so Steve and I meet usually once a month or so, give or take, you know, an extra week or whatever. And I asked him not too long ago, a few months ago, I said, I'd like to start monitoring the progress of my show via ratings. And so I believe it was February, we started to take a look at how the show is performing and then in March, and now here in April. So the April period is looking at March's numbers. And I am very pleased to report that over the last few months, every single month, the listenership for Spotlight Connecticut, Saturdays 2 to 3, has gone up. And in the past month, so from February to March, the audience numbers nearly doubled. So I don't know exactly how, what, or why? I can just uh, all I know is that I'm doing this talk show. I am bringing on all of the guests I feel are of interest, or are different from what we would normally do during the week on WTIC, and I'm bringing them on, and we're talking about what they're doing in relation to Connecticut, and just having fun. I'm trying to have fun with this, and um, and I guess that the listeners are enjoying it. That's all I know. That's all I can put together. From looking at this data and uh, and every week I hear from great listeners who email me morgan.cunningham at odyssey.com. They share positive remarks. They send me story ideas and topic ideas and some of them have gotten on the air and some of them are on the wait list. And so things are in progress and I always love to hear from people. The email address again morgan.cunningham at odyssey.com. But if it weren't for you, not only would the numbers not be good, but I probably wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be doing this. Um, It's a new show. We started back in November, and I'm very pleased that little by little, we're growing our audience community here. We're all family. We're all connected, and so I definitely really appreciate all of your support, and I say that as we mark six months of Spotlight Connecticut. And then in the middle of the week, I had the chance to go down to Greenwich. I'm on that side of the state more often than not, but when I'm down there, I don't always get to meet up with some of the people that I want to meet with, and this past week, I met with almost all of my friends down that way and got to see them and catch up. And there were tacos with tuna in them. Mm. Different. You know, usually I have tacos with beef or chicken, but this time, tuna. So it was a fun week. It was a great week. And I have an amazing talk show for you guys today. Spiritual medium, Moor Geist, is back with us. Mora was our very first guest on Spotlight Connecticut. So as we celebrate six months of demonstrable audience listening success and also a lot of fun on spotlight connecticut we're bringing more back she's the very first recurring guest so she has that honor she's going to be talking about her show coming up at the packing house in willington connecticut and also i think we're going to do a reading so you'll get an idea just how she does what she does this week on spotlight connecticut
1: this is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm Eric from Glastonbury, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, she is Maura Geist. i Morgan Cunningham. And Mora, you were the very first guest on Spotlight Connecticut. And now, with your appearance on this program, you are the first official recurring guest on Spotlight Connecticut. Welcome to the show, Maura.
2: Well, thank you again for having me on. I absolutely love being on your show because you're just So awesome to talk to, and I really appreciate uh, being, you know, given the chance to um, really kind of explain what I do to everyone.
0: Last November, you came all the way from New York, um, traveled two hours to Willington, Connecticut, and you're going to be there again not too long uh, from now. It's going to be Friday, May twelfth, twenty twenty-three. So it's going to be here before you know it, folks, and you're going to be there at the Packing House in Willington to be your spiritual medium self, and I got to see you for the first time in three, four years. It was great seeing you again last November when you were in town, and um, I, was... I forgot how moving your shows were.
2: Well, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the whole purpose of me doing this work is really to bring healing and closure to people and help them understand that life does go on, their loved ones are not gone, and they're always with them. So. Um, you know, I really love doing that and the packing house is one of my favorite places to be. It's just an amazing place.
0: You had quite a crowd there. You have such a following in Wellington, Connecticut, even though you're really not from Connecticut.
2: No, I'm actually as you said, I'm from uh New York, two hours away and um it just worked out that I um I did a show there once and it really worked into a wonderful um thing that I do every year. So it really is just an amazing place to go. They have a lot of other, you know, entertainment and a lot of things going on there also.
0: Maura, when you're there at the packing house in Wellington, and like you said, and like I've said, you've been going there a number of times now for five or six years and a pandemic later, of course, but you're there and it's usually different people, um, but you're always touching somebody there. And I'm trying to Figure out how to describe your show. Basically, you come out from the back door, the backstage area, you do an introduction, you explain what you do as a spiritual medium, and then you start to walk around the room. You've got a headset and a microphone on, and you start to do readings and hope that somebody in the audience will raise their hand and recognize the people that you're perceiving to come through. But could you explain for anybody that's just tuning in, they've never heard you before, they've never seen your show, could you explain to them just what a medium is and what a spiritual medium is specifically, because that's what you are. Could you explain that to our listeners, please?
2: Absolutely. So what a medium is, is basically um, the way I look at it is, Basically, I connect to those that have transitioned to the other side. If you want to say I'm a receiver of messages that they may have for their loved ones here, generally what a medium does is they'll bring in messages for those people to help them heal, to help them maybe receive some closure for for maybe a, a loss that they had no closure with. But what I do and why I call myself a spiritual medium is I do exactly that, but I do do it somewhat faith-based. I absolutely believe in God. I absolutely believe that when we leave this life, we go home and um, we go back to the Creator. We go back to where we came from. And um, they are in the most amazing place. They are at peace. There is no illness, no anger. There is no... Um, there's no like uh jealousy. We are at our happiest and our healthiest. You know, that's my foundation for from where I work.
0: For people just tuning in to WTIC News Talk ten eighty, this is Spotlight Connecticut, and my guest is Mora Geist, and she's going to be at the packing house in Willington, Connecticut to do spiritual medium readings. The night of Friday, May twelfth, starts at seven thirty, goes until about ten at night. And one thing that I should point out is if you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh, man, this is going to be scary, this is going to be upsetting, this is going to be a joke, whatever it is, I mean, it's really a mix of all emotions. I should say that because when I was there in November, I was reminded just how many tears there are, but I also am reminded that there are laughs and there are some moments that are funny and, um, you know, it's not a sad thing necessarily, is it?
2: No, actually, it's... The thing is, the person that they were here, their positive side, maybe they were a funny person, maybe they loved to joke around, that's what they take with them to the other side. So sometimes they like to show that side of them during a session. They will uh, bring that through because that's a, a, a true validation for their loved one.
0: I have to say, Maura, that you're coming all this way from New York to Willington. You do shows elsewhere, too, but I think that this is one of the regular ones that you do here in Connecticut, and somebody listening might be wondering, how did you get started doing this?
2: Um, So this has been with me since I was a little girl, and I didn't really understand what it was. Um, All I knew is that, you know, I was raised Roman Catholic, and... um, I would tell my parents that there's people in my room. I was young, and uh, they didn't quite understand that. So um, it basically turned into me um, being so afraid I would go to sleep with rosaries all over my neck and on my bed because I didn't really understand what these, why these people were in my room. Um, ultimately, as I grew, um, I ultimately understood what this was and that I just had so many experiences in my life where God has made himself known in my life that um, this was, you know, and this is a thing that, you know, I know that in a lot of faiths, they don't believe in what I do. But my goal in doing this is helping people to understand that God is there and we go home to the Creator. We go back to that place. And ultimately, um, that you don't have to worry about your loved ones because your loved ones are fine. They're okay. The thing is, I think, because we cannot see them, we can't touch them. We don't have them here in the way that we want them to be here. I think by doing this, It shows people that their loved one is still here. Their loved one is still with them. And I do it hopefully to give them some peace and some closure.
0: You have some wild stories, one involving a trip on a highway and an ex-boyfriend. And I think that you share this every time when you're in person. And so for those of you who have seen her in person, you've seen and heard this story. But can you share it with the audience again?
2: Absolutely. It's one of my favorite stories. So at this point in my life, I really wasn't, you know, I was 19 and um, I was going to college and I was working and I was not really paying attention to, let's say, my faith, the things that I heard. So at one point, I was dating this young man. He was a little older than me, about five years, six years older. He worked in the city, in New York City. And um, we usually got together every weekend. He called me on a Friday evening and said, oh, I got tickets to a Giants game. Uh, My friends got tickets. Would you mind if I went? And I was like, absolutely fine. I will go out with my friends. So I went home. I decided, let me take a little nap before I went out. Um, No one was home. My parents were at work. My sister wasn't home. Just the cat was home. (laughs) That was it um and myself so i took a nap and when you're in a deep sleep sometimes you'll hear things in your sleep um in the background so i heard someone say get up and go to this exit and i thought oh someone's in the house so i woke up out of the sleep it was loud enough to wake me up out of that sleep and i'm looking around and there's no one there and i know it wasn't the cat so (laughs) I um I said, All right, well I must be dreaming. Let me take another nap. Let me just try and finish this nap. So I started to doze off and I heard it even louder. I woke up, I was like, Okay, now I heard this. I'm gonna I put my shoes on, grab my keys. I drove to that exit and at that exit is a stoplight. So I'm at the stoplight and who drives by but my boyfriend? And he has another girl in the car.
0: Oh no. So, Yeah. So what did you do?
2: Needless to say, I did chase him down. I wanted to hit him with a 2 by 4 but I didn't. I basically just chased him down. And, you know, um, and the whole incident, I look back now and it was funny, but at the time it wasn't funny. But it did make me, it did open my eyes to who is that and, you know, why did that happen? And it's not a matter of getting him in trouble, but it was truly a matter of, I'm here, we're here to help you, we want you to pay attention to us, and what it was with my angels, they were trying to get my attention to say, we are always looking after you, and we all have angels that do this for us.
0: He must have been wondering, how did she find me? How did she know? Did he wonder? Did yep. that come up?
2: Uh, no, actually, I think he was so freaked out, he hopped in the car and left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that works too.
2: He just left, but... um. No, actually, we never talked about that. It was more about the situation.
0: You mentioned a sister. You mentioned your parents. Is this something Mm -hmm. that is in the family? Are you the only one? Does does anybody else have this ability?
2: So generally, people with these abilities, it is passed through the family. Uh, It does not need to be exactly the same, though. So, uh, for example, my parents are dreamers. They dream of loved ones. They'll come in, uh, but they don't really understand or associate it being similar to what I have. For me, I actually see them, and I feel them in my wake state, and my sister just shuts it off. She doesn't really want to have anything to do with it. Although she does have it, she just doesn't really pay attention to it.
0: You mentioned dreaming, and a lot of people will dream of somebody who's passed away and a loved one who is no longer with them, or whatever the situation might be, whether they're passed away or whether they don't speak anymore, is there a connection between that and the abilities that you're describing, Mora?
2: Generally, loved ones will give us signs in so many different ways, and um, I don't believe that Everybody's a blue jay, a butterfly, because I, I believe that every person gives a sign that is relevant to them and to their character and personality. So if the thing is, to see the signs, most of us have so much brain chatter in the day, sometimes we just miss them. So they will absolutely try and come into a dream. <laughs> when they do come into a dream... We, I'm saying dream, but it's truly what I would say a visitation. They're basically stepping in to your dream state, and it's a soul-to-soul communication. It feels very real. It feels very present, like you're very, you're very much together, almost like when you were in life. Uh, the hugs feel real. The um, sense is very different than a dream, because a regular dream is choppy, it's broken, Um they will absolutely use memories and insert the memory into a visit, but um, it's just a way of their, their communication is different. They do not communicate the way we do. The souls that are in heaven, the only way that I can describe it is a form of telepathy. They really communicate through um, thoughts and emotions. So that's why in a dream, when you have a dream of a loved one and you see them, they're not always moving their mouth. Sometimes you'll hear in your head, I love you and I miss you. And you feel this immense love just fill up your spirit.
0: I'm Morgan Cunningham. This is Spotlight Connecticut. And my guest is Maura Geist. And coming up on Friday, May 12th of this year, Starting at 7.30, she is going to do her spiritual medium readings at the Packing House in Wellington. Now, Maura, before we go to break, could you let people know, we should have done this the last time around, but I was so excited to have you on that I forgot to ask this simple question. And some listeners asked me for this information. So how can people get in touch with you? How do they find out a little bit more about you? And how do they learn a little more about this show?
2: You could go to um, my website, MoraGeist.com. Uh, you can also find out about the show uh, if you go to the packing site, that uh, the Packing House site. Sorry about that. Uh, you can get tickets there, and you can get the information about the show there. On my website, you'll find out all about me. Um, there's quite a few stories there so that you'll get an idea of who I am um, and what I'm about.
0: All right, and that information, her name is spelled M-A-U-R-A, G-E-I-S-T, Mora Geist, and the website she mentioned is thepackinghouse.us for the packinghouse. That's the packinghouse.us. We will be back with Mora Geist Spiritual Medium on WTIC News Talk 1080. I believe we've got that reading coming up, so you're not going to want to miss that. Now, I do not try or pretend to be Bob Steele, our legendary morning host, but he used to do this thing called word of the day. And I've got a word for you. The word is Threnody. And Threnody is a fancy word for, basically, a lament. And I think that that's fitting to go into the break. For such a topic this week on Spotlight Connecticut, the song is called Threnody, and it's written by and played by pianist Marion McPartland. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. I love this song, and I'll tell you what, if I had the time, I would play all two and a half minutes of it. I am a rock, Simon Garfunkel, Little S and G getting us back into spotlight, Connecticut. Our guest this week, of course, is Maura Geist. She is going to be at the Packing House as a spiritual medium, doing medium readings for some of those who are there on Friday night at seven thirty on May twelfth. Now, the night before that, the Packing House has a totally different kind of event because they have all kinds of entertainment and information. There's nothing quite like that in that particular area of Connecticut. So they've got that market cornered, no doubt. And Arthur Ravozo, who's a longtime friend and colleague of mine, is going to be there, and he is going to be sponsoring a movie night there. Arthur, welcome to Spotlight Connecticut. I have to say, normally I would be talking with you for a totally different kind of topic, and we'll save that for a later show, all right? All right. But let's talk about the movie night that you have on... Thursday night May 11th at the packing house
1: yeah the movie night coming up is the final one for the spring and for this uh, particular season before they take the summer break okay and most of the films that are ones that have through the years depicted a jazz topic or the the story of a musician have been unfortunately whether they're fully fictionalized or nonfiction have been letdowns in the films that have been created in Hollywood. However, the movie that we've got, Round Midnight, has been called by many people the only really great fictionalized jazz movie.
0: What's it about?
1: Round Midnight is the story of the trials and tribulations and also the performing and personal life of Dale Turner, who is a fictionalized character, but his story was based completely on the lives of two very real musicians, Lester Young and Bud Powell.
0: What was different about it?
1: Well, they decided that they wanted, right from the very start of working on the film with a multinational crew of musicians and uh, people behind the scenes, they wanted to have it very much realistic for one of the first times that has ever been Uh, put on celluloid because, as I said, the Hollywood films have been tending to be, through the years, far too often, very cheesy, contrived, stereotype types of films, things that had been, ones that were reinforcing misunderstandings oftentimes that had already existed in the minds of audience members because these were often, Movies that were written by scripters who knew little or nothing about real jazz musicians or their inner circle slang lingo.
0: Well, don't tell us any more about the movie. Don't spoil it for us. How can people learn more about this showing at the Packing House? When is it? What time?
1: Yeah, coming up on the the next and the final for the time being uh, movie night, which is Thursday, uh, May 11th the doors open at the packing house for the event on 6:30 uh, and the film commences promptly at 7 p.m. on May 11th and you can find out more about it by going to the websites of the packing house uh, www.packinghouse.us or E-C-C-H-A-P, that's E-C-C-H-A-P dot O-R-G.
0: All right, thank you very much, Arthur. I really appreciate your coming on. We will get you on for a full show and do something totally unusual at a later date, all right? All
1: right, Morgan, thank you.
0: All right, that's Arthur Ravozo with Movie Night at the Packing House. We will be back with more Geist in Minutes on WTIC.
1: This is WTIC in Hartford.
2: Hi, my name is Sue. I'm from Rocky Hill, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham.
0: This is Spotlight Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham chatting with our now first ever recurring guest on Spotlight Connecticut. Her name is Mora Geist, and she's coming up with a show at the Packing House. She's from New York, but she comes all the way to Willington, Connecticut at the Packing House for a spiritual medium reading evening. It starts at 730. And Maura you must be looking forward to it as you always do.
2: I absolutely am. As I said before, it's one of my favorite places to be. It really is a wonderful place.
0: All right, well, I'm going to try something here that we did not do the last time around, and I think that it will help people get a picture in their head how your show kind of works and how you work. And so, Maura, I'm going to ask you to do a reading on me and demonstrate it for the listening audience. you think you could do that?
2: I'm going to try and do my best.
0: All right, well, I am ready here, but I think we should explain to the audience how this works. I've seen your shows a bunch of times, but maybe there's somebody in the audience that's new or they're considering going to one of your shows, so I think you should explain the process on how it works.
2: Our soul is who we truly are, and the physical body is the vessel that God put us in so we can learn and grow in this life. When we're done in this life, we go home. They do exist in a very high vibration, a very high frequency. Their communication is different than the way we communicate. So they communicate through words, images, emotions, and uh, symbols. For the most part, what I will begin doing is describing the person to the best of my ability. The way I see them, uh, they will use symbols at times to say To tell me things for example if I get a symbol of a motorcycle that tells me they either had a motorcycle or they would be what I would say a free spirit someone who um, You know was a little on the wild side Uh, they may show me themselves being six foot two and they were four foot five If that's the case, they're giving me a symbol of saying that they had a large personality uh, so they they will communicate the information a lot of different ways, and I will share the information that I have. And I'll ask them, do you understand this? Does this make sense? I always ask, not too much information, yes or no works. Sometimes we don't recognize the people. Most of them are generational family members. So. I always say, please write everything down, because what doesn't make sense now can absolutely make sense later on. And I have had where people have come in, they do not know the person that I described until they get home and talk to their mother. And then I get a phone call, and she's like, that was my mom's aunt. Um, Generally, that's how it works. I want to make sure that, you know, people are aware of the way the information comes in and to always write all the information down.
0: Okay. And in my case, I'm recording it. So right. I think that so that's you'll a great. Have it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll always have this. I'll be able to review it and uh, we'll be able to share it with the world, essentially. So, Mora, I don't know how you want to begin this, but I'm good to go when you are.
2: Um, they will come in in different ways. I will hear different things. Um, names often, I just have to explain this, will come in in variations. So. If someone's name is Liz, I'm going to hear Elizabeth Liz, Beth Betty. Um, sometimes it's the person I'm talking to. Sometimes it's a person that could be living or past that's connected to them. So I do want to leave you with that. But so I'm going to begin by saying there's a female that is around, um, and I'm going to say she feels generational for me. So that means going back a couple of generations, maybe two she is roughly, I'm going to say five four, five five. 5'5". Uh, she is a robust woman. When I say robust, I speak of someone that is like the Mona Lisa. Um, she has, uh, the, now, they will present themselves in a happy and healthier state the way they choose to be remembered and seen. So she's not going to come in in the way she was when she passed. But she's presenting herself probably mid mid sixties to late sixties. Um, she seems to have a silvery white hair. She is very uh, I want to say a very strong woman, and a very t- in the sense of emotional. I feel like she's been through a lot in her life. I feel like she's a very tough lady. Um, definitely someone who speaks her mind. So you recognize the appearance of this woman?
0: I do, and the generational factor, yes.
2: Okay. Is this like a great-grandmother, a great-aunt for you?
0: It sounds like, to me, likely grandmother.
2: Yeah, because that's the feeling I get from her right off the bat, um, that she is a grandmother figure. Now, you understand when I say she's a very strong woman, right, that she spoke her mind, that she... Um, And in a very loving way, but she did not hold back, correct? Correct. So the funny thing is, um, so what she gives me is that growing up, you tended to be a much more gentle soul. Do you understand that?
3: Probably, yes.
2: So it's funny because she seems to be here to help you because she's talking to me about you finding your voice. Do you understand that? That you no longer hold back, that you actually speak what is on your mind, but in a very loving way. Do you understand that also? Yes. She is giving me the sense of always kind of watching after you from the other side because part of her job is to help you move along. But she says to me that how proud of you she is and she has so much love for you but she says she. this is just the beginning for you. She says there's so much more in this life you need to do and so many more people that you're going to reach and help. Um, so she would be your mother's mother. Yes. She's your mother's mother. Um, you understand when I say she could be a tough nut, though, too, correct?
0: Yes. My mother or the grandmother?
2: Your grandmother. Yes, yes. Your, your mom is still here. Yes. Right. So, yeah, I'm talking about her. Um, I, I, I want to say, so I will say this. Please tell your mother how much she loves her. and how, So your mom is one of two kids, or there, there's two more children besides your mom?
0: Um, yes and no, and I say that without explaining it, but uh, there were three.
2: Yes, and that's fine. That because, but that might be why I'm getting two in one. Do you understand?
0: Yes, yes.
2: The thing is, she's directing me to women and a female. Do you understand in reference to her past? Yes. To when she passed. This is your grandmother, correct? Yes. She gives me a lot of love for your mom. She does give me the feeling of at times she could be difficult with your mother. Do you understand that? Yes. She needs her to know how much she loves her, and she needs her to know how much she appreciates what she did for her when she was passing. Do you understand that? Yes. Because she gives me the feeling that your mother put everything aside to take care of your grandmother. Do you understand that? Yes. Does that make sense? You could say no if it does no
0: it, it yes, it perfectly does.
2: And I feel like she your grandmother feels like it's a necessary thing like she needs your mother to know how grateful and proud of your mom she is. Uh, I almost feel like in life they really did know way see eye to eye. Does that make sense? Yes. So she really needs your mom to know how proud of her she is? And how grateful she is for everything she did for her. So your mother would go to your grandmother's to take care of her? Yes. Yeah, because that's what she's showing me. Your mother got picking up going there. Your grandmother, was she bedridden for a while? Yes. Or not, or not mobile? Like, I just don't feel there was a lot of mobility for her. Yes. And you also used to go there and sit and have conversations with her. On occasions, correct? Yes. Yeah, because she's addressing the visits and that she looked forward to them, and she's so grateful that you did that. You have no idea the feeling that of filling up my heart, like she's filling up my heart with love and joy because you did that, so that really that really meant a lot to her. Um, she needs you to know how grateful she is to you and your mom. Your dad is very patient, she said. Can
3: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: understand I, that? Yes. Um, I feel like she was saying thank you know, thank him for his patience because I, I feel like your grandmother needed a lot of your mother's time. Does that make sense? Yes. She she really needs to acknowledge that. But again, now she's going back to how much more you have to do. So I think I know you're young but farther down the line I feel like there's something bigger that you're going to be doing so whether it's do you did you ever think of investigative journalism it's weird because I feel like down the line it's either investigative journalism or there's something that you're going to be doing that's like that that's going to be helping people I almost and it's funny because I hear bring to light so I don't exactly know what that means but I don't feel like it's now. I do feel like it's seven, eight, nine years down the line because I think there's things that you have to go through uh, and establish yourself first, if that makes sense. Yes. What, there, are there Are there like three other, four other grandchildren? Three. Three. Yeah, so it's four in total. Um, just send them. And it's funny. Now that I, I'm sitting here looking, she's showing me images of, when she was well, all the gatherings at her house. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And I see the kids running around the front of the house.
3: Oh, yes.
2: Does that make sense? Yes. And I honestly see her standing there on the porch with like a grin on her face. Like she's just so happy. So those are the memories she brought with her. Those are the things she holds on to that are the dearest things to her. Just please let them know that she sends her love, that she loves him, she's doing okay, and she is watching over all of you. But I will still say, though, you had a very special place in her heart. Not that the rest didn't matter, but there's something about you and her that connected. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to say you're a favorite, but you did have a very special place in her heart. So please know that she's always with you and looking out for you.
0: Well... Maura, thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it. There are so many other people I'd love to connect with, and maybe it will happen on Friday, May 12th. That's when you're going to be back at the Packing House. Could you share that information one more time for our audience, please?
2: I will be at the Packing House May 12th from 7.30 to 9.30. Um, I hope you can join us. It really is a wonderful place, and they have a lot of wonderful um, shows going on.
0: And how can people connect with you on your website?
2: You can email me. You can uh, direct message me on my website. You can get in touch with me on Facebook, and you can call me. My number is on um, my website also.
0: And could you give your name and spell it, please? Sure. My name is
2: Maura, M-A-U-R-A, Geist, G-E-I-S-T, and it's .com.
0: What I can tell you about that reading, folks, because I did not tell anything to Maura ahead of time. She just went with it, and she did it. Um, But there are definitely some accuracies, some things that perhaps are a stretch, but maybe I do understand a little bit, and I'd have to think about it. But there were some obvious ones. I mean, my grandma that we were talking about, my beloved Grandma Dolly, miss her dearly. Um, She was in western Pennsylvania. We had to travel to her all the time. And she was immobile the last six or so years of her life. Struggled a great bit, cognitively and physically. And, um, you know, and, and when she passed away, we, we all knew it was coming and we were there for her and loved her. And, and, but I don't know what else to say about that other than she is spiritual medium, more geist. And that's what she'll be doing in a few weeks at the Packing House. Ta-ta, everybody. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham.